Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, November 17th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm going to be running you through all of the day's news, but we're recording a little bit later because I wanted to make sure that we waited and got all of the reviews for the Broadway revival of Spamalot, which opened on Thursday night. We will get into that in just a minute. But if you are on the Patreon feed, you have already seen my episode with Stephen Schwartz. It is live now. It will not go out in the regular feed probably until next week and potentially even the week after so you get an extra head start on that one we talk about the live capture of prince of egypt which is currently available to stream on broadway hd we also talk about queen of versailles wicked i asked him what his favorite alphaba riff was and he gives a politically correct diplomatic answer but i also asked him if there you know with the history of godspell and children of eden and prince of egypt if there was ever a biblical story that he tried to adapt that just didn't work and his answer was kind of surprising there there was one uh, and he did it with an equally well-known and beloved Broadway musical theater writer. So uh, I thought that was very interesting. So check that out. I'll have a ton of other interviews. The one coming up in the feed today will be my one that I did earlier this week with Clyde Alves. He has a concert coming up at Chelsea Table and Stage on Monday. I think that's going to be tons of fun. So check out that interview in both of the feeds later today. All right, on to the news. As I mentioned, The Broadway revival of Spamalot officially opened at the St. James Theater on Thursday night. It is kind of currently a limited run, but it's not a limited run. All of their press materials say it's supposed to end in the spring, but there is the potential for it to keep going. I think depending on how the sales go after these reviews, it will probably try to continue to run at least until the fall. That would be my guess. But the reviews were mostly positive, so we will get to those in just a second. But if you forgot, the show does feature a book by Eric Idle, who also co-wrote the music with John Duprez, and Eric Idle also wrote the lyrics. And much of the show, as it says in the uh, playbill, is lovingly ripped off from the original screenplay for Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It is directed and choreographed by Josh Rhodes and has just a phenomenal Broadway cast, including James Monroe Iglehart as King Arthur. We have Christopher Fitzgerald, Taryn Killam, Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer, Ethan Slater, Jimmy Smagula, and a handful of others. Uh, I'm going to see this on Saturday with uh, Ashley Steves, so we are going to go check this one out. I have never seen Spamalot, and it's one of those shows that is on my list of best musicals that I want to see every best musical and cross that one off. I've not had a chance to do that yet, so I'm very much looking forward to being able to cross that one off. As of recording time, review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 10 total reviews. Seven are positive, two are mixed, and one is negative. There should be more added to the list, possibly by the time you hear this, or at least uh, later on on Friday. There's no review from Vulture yet, which uh, I was a little disappointed about because I wanted to hear what Sarah Holdren's thoughts were on this show that might have been a little bit dated when it first premiered on Broadway in 2005 because it was based off of a script uh, from the film that came out in the 70s. But uh, I wanted to kind of see her take on this. But we'll get into that in a second. If you are unfamiliar with what Spamalot or Holy Grail is, this, of course, comes from the Kennedy Center production that happened in Washington, D.C. earlier this year. Everything that makes a great night, K-N-I-G-H-T, in the theater is here. From flying cows to killer rabbits, British royalty to French taunters, dancing girls, rubbery shrubbery, and of course, 
The Lady of the Lake. That helps you not at all if you don't know the show or the movie. But let's get into the reviews here. Jesse Green of the New York Times was not only positive, but he made the show a critic's pick. And after like six paragraphs of just trying to be clever and funny with his review, he kind of starts to get into comparison between this cast and some of their predecessors. He said, quote, though uttering the same lines as Idol in the movie and as David Hyde Pierce did in the 2005 production, Michael Urias Robin puts a differently delightful comic spin on them. Throughout, Rhodes has encouraged the cast to personalize the material and, in many cases, enhance it. Taryn Killam, expert as Lancelot and several of the quirkiest supporting characters, gives the French taunter not only the requisite outrageous accent, but also a raspberry aria worthy of Mozart. He then goes on to spoil a joke, which, God, I, I hate when critics do this the the times is getting worse and worse at this it's, you know green does it but so do a lot of the stringers who come in I, I wish they would try not to spoil things in in reviews he wraps up his very tedious review if i'm going to be quite honest with you it was very hard to get through it um, but he said quote for all its nostalgia value and its endless verbal invention spam a lot like holy grail and like the television series that spawned them both has a very vexed soul Taunters are angry, the taunted suffer, royals trace their authority to, quote, some moistened bent, and God sends horseless knights to locate misplaced cups. It's not a nice world out there in the Middle Ages, or ours. Luckily, vexations are evergreen if given half a chance, and, at least on Broadway, are assuageable. Just remember to always look on the bright side of life, and that supposedly harmless bunnies aren't. This review was very frustrating to me because it felt like Jesse was just trying to be funny and like get as many references into Spamalot and Monty Python as he possibly can. And they did not work. They do not translate, I think, in print in general, but especially on the pages of the paper of record. It just was unbecoming and, and tedious. And I want my time back from having read that review. Uh, but moving on to some others. Tim Tiemann of the Daily Beast was mixed, saying, quote, Spamalot, first seen on Broadway in 2005, is back. And the good news is, the really good silly bits of this parody of Arthurian legend are just as good silly as they always were. But the bits that felt dated have only become more dated. One, a song about Jews running Broadway at this moment sounds not just dated, but also weird in this politically vexed moment, especially with a huge glittering Star of David. The other is a rousing hymn to gay pride for Sir Lancelot, played by Taron Killam, which is discordantly beamed in from another era. That's the thing I wish that I could read Sarah Holdren's take on because... I, like I said, I've never seen it, but of course I know the score pretty well. This made me very uh, uncomfortable about what the show would look like in today's day and age. Most of the critics didn't mind it, but there were some that mentioned it. Chris Jones of the New York Daily News said, quote, Idol's comic genius remains entirely evident here, and he and Duprez came up with the kind of brassy, swirling score that screamed Big Night Out on Broadway, even as it lampooned everything from scantily clad choruses to divas devolving in Act 2. Jillian Russo of the New York Theatre Guide said, quote, The other strength of Spamalot is that it gives every one of its principal cast members a chance to shine. And shine they do. Juan A. Ramirez from Theaterly was mixed, saying, quote, So, fine, it's not for me. The cast is clearly having a good time, though only Ethan Slater, swapping through multiple characters, as well as Kritzer, Walker, and especially Killam, tap into the all-out comedy the work requires. And the audience? Well, their holy grail was promised and delivered, without much work to obtain it. 
I'll finish with Zachary Stewart from Theater Mania, who was talking about whether or not the show would still hit and be funny after its, you know, long life that I talked about and, and how things might be dated. And he said, quote, the answer is yes. Thanks largely to an excellent cast of consummate comedians in a script that derives its humor from the timelessly absurd. It's still safe to eat, even if certain bites might taste a little off. If you would like to read more of these reviews and others, we will, of course, have the Did They Like It in Broadway World review roundups in the show notes. And uh, I will also have a link to where you can see like a minute and a half of highlights from the show. All right, let's move on to uh, the rest of the news for today. Yesterday, the upcoming Broadway production of Cabaret announced a couple more of its principal cast members. Natasha Diaz is coming back to Broadway for the first time in a very long time. She will play Fräulein Kost and Fritzi, and Henry Gottfried will play Ernst. I really enjoy Natasha Diaz. She is This is the first time she has been on Broadway since Man of La Mancha in 2002-2003, which is a production that I've gone on record saying that I have loved so, so much. She did do Grand Hotel at City Center back in 2018, which was a phenomenal production as well. So I'm very happy to see her back on Broadway in this show. This, of course, will begin performances at the August Wilson Theater on April 1st. The show is going to be led by Eddie Redmayne and Gail Rankin, along with B.B. Newworth and Stephen Skybell. We also got the full cast for Days of Wine and Roses on Broadway, starring Kelly O'Hara and Brian Darcy James. The cast, as you might expect, is very similar to the uh, off-Broadway run. It will feature Byron Jennings, Sharon Catherine Brown, Tony Carlin, Bill English, Olivia Hernandez, David Jennings, David Manis, Stephen Booth, and many others. If you want to find out the entire cast, head over to the show notes. Yesterday, the Broadway cast of Chicago announced that they would be getting a new Amos Hart. They've been stacking up some pretty uh, interesting names in the male roles. Normally, we talk a lot about the women who come in and out of Chicago, but with the additions of Max von Essen and Max Clayton, um, they're really kind of beefing up the dudes right now. Max von Essen is playing Billy Flynn and Max Clayton is playing Fred Casely. And now they will be joined by James T. Lane. He will be taking over the role of Amos Hart. And this one's interesting. He's done Chicago quite a bit over the years. In fact, earlier this year, he played Billy Flynn for a few months, but he's also been on Broadway in A Chorus Line. He played Richie in the 2006 revival. He was in Scottsboro Boys, King Kong, Kiss Me Kate, and I saw him in the Ain't Too Proud Tour where he played Paul Williams. So really exciting to see all these folks coming in to beef up that cast. With some more casting news, the Fiasco Theatre Company announced their complete company for their upcoming production of William Shakespeare's Pericles that will begin performances on February 8th at the Classic Stage Company. It is going to be directed by the Fiasco co-artistic director and founder Ben Steinfeld, and the cast will include Jesse Austrian, Noah Brody, Paul L. Coffey, Tony Nominee, Andy Grata-Lucian, Devin E. Hawk, Paco Tolson, Tatiana Weschler, Emily Young, and Steinfeld himself will be in the cast as well. And then one more casting story, but this one is not in New York, nor is it actually in the United States. It is over in London, where Hadestown will begin performances at the Lyric Theater on February 10th, and they did announce their principal cast members. Playing Orpheus will be Donald Finn, Grace Hodgett Young, who is currently playing Betty Schaefer in the Sunset Boulevard in London. She's playing Eurydice. Grammy winner Zachary James is playing Hades. Gloria Onatiri is playing Persephone, and... Melanie Labore, former Broadway radio guest here and current star of Anne Juliet, will play Hermes. Um, we'll have the rest of the cast, the, the workers, the fates, and everybody else in the show notes if you want to check that out. 
Some other news, the Bedlam Theater Company announced a second extension for their production of Tom Stoppard's Arcadia at the West End Theater. It will now play through December 23rd. Originally, I think it was only gonna play through December 3rd, so it has added almost a full three weeks at this point. We've been talking about all of the Broadway productions that are gonna be a part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Well, that is not the only place that you can find Broadway shows on TV because yesterday it was announced that the Broadway production of Aladdin will take part of the Disney Parks Magical Christmas Day Parade. Obviously, that'll happen on Christmas Day, December 25th. Julianne Huff and her brother Derek Huff are going to host the Wonderful World of Disney Magical Holiday Celebration that'll happen on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We will also get performances from Ariana DeBose and Chris Pine from the new Disney movie Wish with performances by Michael Bolton and Andra Day, Mickey Guyton, Tori Kelly, Chrissy Metz, The Smashing Pumpkins, Robin Thicke, Meg Donnelly, and many, many others. We will actually get the Broadway and the North American tour cast of Aladdin doing Friend Like Me uh, on the Christmas Parade, so that should be a ton of fun. All right, my feel-good recommendation here, I don't know if it's actually a feel-good thing or not, but the London production of Sunset Boulevard released about a 50-second trailer-ish thing with some footage. It is very cool, very stark. And what I thought was interesting about this was the last like card on the video was that it has to close on January 6th. Now, I don't know if the theater in London has to kick them out and get a new show in there, but I do think it's interesting that that's when that show is closing and that probably gives it enough time to come over here to New York and snatch up a theater if it wants to. I'm not saying that I know that's going to happen, but I think certainly dominoes are being set up to potentially be knocked down if everything falls into place. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at Matt. Have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. Check out all the stuff we have going on in the Patreon feed. All of my travelogue episodes are at the mezzanine tier and above. We appreciate you all, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday.